This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. How are you? Yeah, there was a big pause when I started talking because I was going to maybe do a little bit of spiel for an opening. But I won't cower to your jibes, and I'll just start by saying hello. I mean, it's a good a start as any, and and poignant given uh, your comments about Jodie Morris's use of the pause earlier on today. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that in due course uh, because people won't have a clue what we're talking about. But how the devil are you? Did you go to Wimbledon on Saturday? No, I was very frustrated by the decision not to because I. After Bradford, I'd message my brother and say, no, should we go to Wimbledon now? And we go for, eh, well, you know, it's supposed to rain. It probably won't be that good. Uh, let's leave it. And then, what was it, the big, biggest away win since 1969 or something that I think Andrew Hawes said in the league. So a bit frustrating, but I was I was happy to sacrifice my own personal um, pleasure for someone actually getting the win because I think I've said a few times my record from away games it's not great this season yeah you nay we did our bit for our football club by not being in attendance you're welcome swindon town universe uh i've I've said already i had a lovely saturday with the little family in gloucester which was splendid but it's always nice going down the motorway and 
seeing go, 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 and you're just like, oh, okay, okay, brilliant. Yeah, the, the notifications are always, always good fun because obviously the first time I checked it, we'd conceded early. And you're thinking, oh, for God's sake, it's it was never the last one, was it? And then I was I was out for a walk and I sort of checked at one stage and then was it was sort of like twenty minutes from home, so I, all right, I'll wait till I get back and then uh, back and hey, Luke Jeff got, how are you? And we were, it was it was suddenly suddenly a great day again. And I mean, you know, still at three one. I'm still thinking, well. Give us a minute. We'll probably mess this up in in a quick second, but we didn't. So it was it was great stuff, and all of a sudden, uh, Sweden having a reasonable end to the season. I think I'm overthinking it with Luke Jeffcott, and I was surprised that there was no discussion of Jeffcott in the presser. But then Connor reminded me, having been there, traveling all the way from Germany for the game, putting us all to shame. But like you said, the forecast was rain. Um, uh, that. It was a penalty and a mistake and tap in. So maybe I am overthinking it if I'm seeing the great resurrection of, of Jeff Cott's Swindon Town career. Yeah, I mean, we don't necessarily know what the option is on Jeff Cott, but if, you know, paying money for someone who's li- most likely to be a backup striker who's, you know, is flattered to deceive for large amounts of time this season, I'm, I don't think two quite simple goals should change their decision making any if they were going to. Make, if they were going to pick up that option anyway, and and then he scores the goals, and then that's fine. And if and if they weren't going to, and suddenly they are thinking they might, then that is slightly concerning in terms of a, a club that protests to try and want to do long term planning because that's not the sort of thing that should impact decision making too much. But um, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Maybe that'll be a question in the next, the final two press conferences of the season. Uh, yeah, jeez, they really do fly by. A little bit more on the Wimbledon game. I was I was chatting to somebody about Romeo Hutton because of his statistical exploits this season and, and his ability to grab an assist, which isn't too surprising because pretty much everything this season has gone through Hutton. But there is this sort of growing community of Swindon Town fans that aren't fans of Romeo Hutton's for various reasons, but more recently, I see he's been getting stick over two emojis, which went right over my head. Is it going over yours too? Yeah, I, I don't know that I've seen people necessarily mention those before, um, not in specific relation to Romeo Hutton perhaps, but uh, certainly something that had caught his attention on the Twitterverse of the supposed beachiness of the finish of his season, which I will add, um, probably not in using those emojis, but was something that about, 15 minutes into the Bradford game was something that Johnny Leefield mentioned as um, Hutton had potentially been not performing quite as well over the past few months and so uh, quickly gone and shut, silenced those particular critics but <laughs> I feel like that's happened with a few players I remember there's, you know, there's a certain point in the season where Sol Brin was having a similar oh well he's not playing as well as he was kind of thing so that must mean he's awful now so you know <laughs> Hutton doesn't get an assist for maybe two or three games and even in that period, he got the the opening goal at Mansfield. So, you know, he was he was still doing some good stuff. Um, but people 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 like to point out those issues in certain players at certain times, and that is their prerogative. I'm convinced he's going to be a you don't know what you've got to he's gone sort of player, Romeo Hutton. If he was to leave after just one season, yeah, I mean, he screams Peterborough to me. I don't know about anyone else personally. I feel like he should have already played for them, but. Just like the exact type of player who's going to go to Peterborough, rack up 20 assists or something 
all of them to Johnson Clark Harris and then be a, um, and then they'll get loads of money for him having missed out in the playoffs once again in League One. That that just sort of seems how it will, how I think his his next year or so will go. But I mean, it, 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 he doesn't feel it, despite the fact he is simultaneously our entire attack for a lot of games. <laughs> um, he doesn't. He somehow doesn't feel like a player who maybe should be right up the top of of League Two in terms of assists and. Of course, at the top of Europe in terms of defensive defenders getting up and getting assists. Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned Sol Brin there. I'm sort of desperate that he sees out the season in full because, in terms of the regular 46 league games, I don't think another goalkeeper has done that for Swindon since since Fraser Digby in '89. Fodringham almost got it, but he got replaced. Uh, by Lee Bedwell, so he didn't play every single minute. But I'm I'm fairly sure after doing a quick skim the other day that Fraser Digby might have done it in 88-89. That's unless he went off injured and somebody went in goal. So I'm not quite sure. But regardless, I, I, I need him to see it through now. Yeah, you, you brought that to my attention. Um, did David Lucas manage to see out a full season? Was he... Swapped in and out at some point. Yeah, Phil Smith um, uh, came in a couple of times for him. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that, that that would be sort of certainly Brezovan and Smith rotate a lot. Lucas then the same, and obviously Wes came in halfway through in 2012. So my entire Swindon squadding career, we've never never had a goalkeeper last or 46. Um, it it will, I guess that one will depend on what they think of Connor Bram as to whether or not he will play 46 out of 46 games potentially seeing a crew or Crawley if they want to give the kid a go, maybe he'll get that. But um, certainly earlier in the season, they, uh, Scott Lindsay was pretty reluctant to take Sol Brin out. So I, I think he probably will get all, all the full complement of appearances and break that long-standing duck. Mm, yeah. yeah, Lucas played 44, including playoffs, in in one of the seasons, uh, in his one of his two seasons. And then after that, he was definitely in and out in the second campaign. So no joy for Lucas either. So here we are then, Joe. The final game of the season where the result really matters in terms of the 2022-23 League 2 campaign for one side, which is Stevenage. So here we go. Yeah, the, the final one that matters after... Scott Lindsay's Crawley got their big win at the weekend, seeming well, so they need one point from three matches now or something like that to secure their space. So even that one won't matter. And it'll just be a lovely testimonial for Scott Lindsay's time at Swindon on the final day. So I mean it matters an incredible deal for Stevenage, because they could they can essentially wrap up automatics tonight. I think they would need one win out of the final two to fully see that through. But it it'd be an absolutely huge game for them to win after a, a bit of a stumble late season that's seen them fall back towards the pack. So, I mean, it's another one that doesn't mean anything for Swindon other than keeping up this mini run we put ourselves on, but it is massive for them. And as a result, I've never felt more sure of Swindon getting points <laughs> on Tuesday night, um, given the run that we're on. Regardless of what happens result-wise against Stevenage, is Ronan Darcy going to be on penalty duties? Well, I mean, it it turned out that that was actually a preordained decision where Charlie Austin had said in the warm-up that uh, Worst Wind was getting a penalty. He would have given it to Darcy. Um, I think maybe Darcy had been hitting a few nice ones in the warm-up or had seemed a bit down with a, a fairly long spell about a goal. I think 
possibly Mansfield away was the last time he scored. I don't remember one since. Uh, actually, Grimsby, I always forget who the many, many players have scored in that game. But um, yeah, Austin had said at that point that if Swindon won a penalty, he was giving it to the number 10. And um, <laughs> Jody Morris said he somewhat doubted that if um, <laughs> if that got if that penalty actually meant something, that that would have been seen through. But Austin stuck to his word and very nicely taken penalty from Darcy as well. But um, you know, this is sort of as a larger question in terms of showing that team spirit, which at times in the last couple of weeks has been questioned when things weren't going quite as well for Swindon. And, um, you know, Morris said that that kind of thing and the players handling those those bits themselves um, is is a really good sign for them showing that team spirit and harmony within a dressing room where. You know, someone like Austin who could easily be out for himself. He's two goals off of making double figures this season. Um, <laughs> so, so that no, that penalty would have been quite nice, quite a nice one for him. But he's given it up to Darcy, and he, obviously Morris, like everyone has been at various stages of the season, has been very complimentary about Austin and his presence in the dressing room as being a really good character. Do you think Charlie Austin is essential to keep for next season? Um. The answer is probably no, because it he's 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 not been essential this season with the way things have eventually played out. Um, if I I I'm also of the entire opinion if Charlie Austin wants to stay at Swindon, then we keep him. Um, I think we could. I, I don't. We could probably. We would be fine without Austin. I'm sure we'd be able to find another option who was possibly more in keeping with Morris's style. Um, I think we've seen from Jeff Cott that he's in the last two games that he's quite liked the the idea of a striker who drops in a bit more than Austin maybe has done um, and links play centrally and becomes maybe another midfielder at times. I, I think that maybe that that stylistically would be a better fit. But if you have if you can keep Charlie Austin, you can keep Char- you keep Charlie Austin. That's that's the long and short of it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think I think I agree with you there. Absolutely. So Steve Evans's Stevenage have had a pretty okay season, the season that we all wanted for Swindon Town. They've been in the automatic promotion places for the overwhelming majority of the campaign. A really, really solid start, an even better middle, and then the wobble um, from about February onwards. And they, they just weathered a storm before losing a really big game against Mansfield away on the weekend 1-0 so it just it's one of those situations where it's just the party rolls over uh, Stevenage historically do like the county grounds i mean we did go for a spell of stuffing them at one stage but of course who can forget Grazioli and the FA Cup i mean the late 90s when they when they beat us as a as a non-league side yeah it doesn't feel like too long ago but it was an eternity yeah, Stevenage then. So, oh, um, Steve Evans, the, the, just one of the worst reputations amongst every opposition fan that he comes up against. But time and time again, he gets these teams up, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, they kind of had the summer that every fan, every Swindon fan, says that you don't really want to have. But they, but no, sorry, every fan says, "Oh, we should be doing." what they're doing and then they end up having a bad season but Stevenage have done it and had a great season I think they signed like nine players before July or something these sort of like all sounding like fairly jobbing 
League Two players, but they've been they've been absolutely brilliant all season, really, Stevenage. I think possibly not Mountfield at home would give it a, a run for it, but Stevenage's away was as, as roundly beaten as Swindon have been all season long. We've absolutely dominated all game. You know, they they Swindon just couldn't stand up to the way Stevenage wanted to play that day, and it was completely demoralising to to be in that away end. So you know, I think they've they've done an incredible job, and they've got that lovely photo of him holding a dog to to give them to give him a bit more um, nice appeal to to the away fans than Steve Evans typically would have. Should we start with injuries then? So that, that maybe a return, but also maybe another absence to be expected on Tuesday. Yeah, there's there's sort of a a few where the the sort of classic, well, you know, we'll see today kind of kind of thing now that we do the press conference a little bit earlier on in the day than we did uh, earlier in the season. So obviously when Murphy was out of the squad at the weekend, he had tonsillitis, uh, I believe it was, um, which which kept him out of the team. He was said he was he was feeling a bit groggy um when he came in but is is miles better than he was at the weekend and they're sort of checking him out and see how he copes with with training and everything uh earlier today and then they'll take that decision to see if he's ready for tuesday uh generally speaking when that sentence has been off uttered the person has started the corresponding fixture so <laughs> uh, expect him to be straight back in um and then johnny williams is another he said he was feeling his groin a bit uh, during the game at Wimbledon, um, so he's another doubt, which again is is the kind of thing that is said about a player who is about to start for Swindon again. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see. Williams obviously not historically not having the best injury record, so possibly would want to rest it, given other things that gets got said today. Um, and then a few, <laughs> a few non-specific references to players um, with niggles and minor bumps and bruises and, and so on and so forth, but uh, nothing that should keep them out of the game, certainly not enough to get them onto the injury report. Now, we're going to talk about contracts in the second half of this episode. The majority of the questions did feel that they were in relation to recruitment and contract talk, which is absolutely fair when the season is over and, well, the season is ending, literally too. But it's hard to not be cynical at this stage of the season, if players are beginning to drop when you're sort of certain they're on their way. Yeah, I feel like the way the season's gone meant has meant that we've started with next season quite early. So we've been for like at least two or three weeks now. Most of the questions about next season. So yeah, I mean Williams again. The the big the big thing from today's press conference was about Johnny Williams, and you know gen- generally speaking, we've all had the suspicion that he probably wasn't going to be still at Swindon next season so you know there, there's there's from both sides but Johnny Williams isn't in a sort of um, Lyle Taylor type thing isn't really going to want to risk himself too much ahead of a potentially big move in the summer and Swindon aren't going to want to necessarily give more time than they have to to a player they know they're not going to be keeping anyway uh, especially if there are other players they can bring in in their stead uh, which is something that Morris has talked about a few times um, so yeah I mean as soon as someone like a Williams or um, potentially even Charlie Austin, as, as happened at Tranmere, um, gets rep mentioned in the oh they're suddenly not in the squad when when the season's over, well we'll wonder what could it be. Um, your mind's always going to think, okay, this is because of that, and there's there probably is some truth in it, as as I've said a few times 
Uh, I would be surprised if players were playing through the pain barrier quite as much as they would be otherwise um, at this point, because it just doesn't make any sense for them to do so. And if Johnny Williams um, is feeling a bit tight uh, in his groin and it doesn't want to exacerbate things, and that's perfectly fine, really. It's, it's a natural thing for a person to want to do in his situation. Certainly is. And we'll talk about Johnny Williams and Charlie Austin in a little bit more detail shortly. Um, but I do want to continue talking about Stevenage. Great season. We've already discussed that. A few alumni, Luke Norris, Jake Reeves. Remember him briefly? Uh, he looked good for Swindon in that short spell, but he couldn't get into the team, could he? And and then he went and played over 100 games for AFC Wimbledon shortly afterwards. What did Jody Morris have to say about Stevenage? Yeah, this was uh, the, the obvious first question with Stevenage is, quite physical aren't they um and of course the answer is is yes um he morris said that swindon had played a couple of physical teams but an aerial dominant teams but probably not on stevenage's level in that in that department um and pointed out that it, at times swindon when playing those kind of teams who are as, again aren't as good at it as stevenage are um they had had trouble with with dealing with them and so, so they were going to have to be on pretty high alert to be, to be keeping up with the way Stevens are going to come at them. He, he pointed to a game like Lake Norwin, where Swindon did stand up to the long throws and the more direct way they went about that game. But he sort of took sort of it in two ways in terms of the way Swindon are going to have to go about stopping Stevenage, which is one, you've got to, be, you've got to really commit to, to dealing with them and the long balls and the way they're going to play and the pressure they'll be putting on. But also... Um, the main thing that Swindon probably haven't done when they played teams who are quite so aerially dominant is is kept the ball and played the game on their own terms. So the Swindon controlling the game and playing more like they did against Bradford, Barrow, Wimbledon, the games that have been more successful where they've they've just held the ball better and doing that and stopping Stevenage from being able to do what they want to do is is going to be key. Yeah, yeah. I, I just look at Stevenage and I, I feel that sort of frustration that I do when I look at most of the teams in the promotion hunt is that they've just all got that very, very obvious mix of experience and and a couple of rookies. And it's no different with Stevenage. I didn't even realise Jake Forster Kasky was there at the moment. Alex Gilby, Bostwick, Piagiani, you know, just loads of players that have been there, done that at this level, which we've lacked. Yeah, they've... I mean, when you get Steve Evans in, you know what te- kind of team he's going to build. But um, they, they, they've gone very heavily on that. People are going to know the level. I think Piagiani got relegated last season, but I think everyone knew just how dominant in the air and how good of a player at this level he was going to be. So they, they built their squad knowing what the rigours they were going to come up against have been. Swindon, I think most would argue, didn't do that. Certainly not nearly as well. And there's there's the reason those teams you look at and I was I looked at the weekend and I was like we're not surely going to be a league below that them are we but <laughs> I think you look at that you look at that top sort of four or five who are shooting for automatics there's going to be at least two sides that go up where I think Swindon would would expect themselves to be above that club but they've not built nearly as well as they have yeah I've, I've just spent most of that answer just analysing how I pronounced Forster Kasky. Um, I'm still pretty bunged up and I ended up sounding like Jethro by going Kasky. Apologies all <laughs> for going super regional. Uh, a part of the country I'm not even from. 
uh, but it happened. I must move on. So do you think we can deal with Stevenage's press? Well, this was this was another stat that Andrew came out with. Um, that he'd looked up that Stevenage's uh, regains in an opposition half as they're I think they're top of the league at doing that. Um, so again, in a, in a game that Morris stressed the importance of um, keeping the ball in, you're playing against a team who are also very capable at stopping you from doing that. And I certainly remember the the second goal they scored. The lame X, um, they very much did that to Swindon. Swindon tried to play out and they were very easily stopped by some very efficient Stevenage pressing. So, I mean, if if Swindon can play like that second half against Bradford, I, I back them to be able to deal with what Stevenage is going to try and throw because Swindon really controlled the game and possession really well in that and did that against a team who were pressing well like Bradford were in the first half. So if they can do that, then I think Swindon can deal with it. but. That's probably one in about 44 games that they've been able to successfully play out and come up against a team who were trying to press them. So the overwhelming evidence would suggest Swindon won't be able to. Yeah, I love the uh, the pronunciation lame X stadium. <laughs> I will only ever call it that because just not, nothing against Stephen. I don't really care, but it's just, just a bit of fun on my behalf. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Um, and that is literally everything that was covered on Stevenage. Is there anything else that we need to be aware of before we uh, move on to recruitment and contracts? I, I think the good people have been waiting long enough for the recruitment contract. I know you need the listener attention, but I, I think this is what they want to hear. Move on, Rich. Get on with it for crying out loud. Okay, recruitment contract chat section. Here we are. So question number one. Uh, in no particular order from the presser itself. I've just put it in my own order just to be a little bit devilish. Is how much is he going to be doing in terms of recruitment? Yeah, this is a, another sort of pointed statement from Jody Morris where um, he's talking about he obviously is quite heavily involved in recruitment at the moment and forming up the plans and drawing up the lists and getting a big board on the wall. I, I don't know how they would plan out a recruitment room. I just think they should be stuff on walls. Uh, in there, um, looking looking what they've been doing and having those conversations. Which big update? Because obviously it was the big thing on Thursday that I hadn't started. Com- uh, non non um, confirmed, non descript conversations about next season are happening this week. So hopefully by Thursday we'll be able to get a further update um, on if he knows his budget or not. But supposedly that will be happening at some point this week, which which is good, but um, pointed statement from Jody Morris, that probably needs to speed up um, the way Swindon are going about it. So for, from a press conference where you maybe couldn't tell explicitly what his feelings are were on the way things are going, very much thinking, okay, so let's, let's move this on a little bit. Let's actually have this. Let's find out what we're working with and get in those discussions as quick as we can. Um, but hopefully that should happen by the end of the week. So... Swindon only two or three weeks behind where everyone would hope they are. My head says, if things are going well, this conversation doesn't happen. And I'm not worried because it is what it is. But he does tend to use these presses as kind of it's not me statements. Like, hey, man, I'm I'm waiting just just as much as you guys are. I'll let you know when when I know, which doesn't feel like it's best practice but at the same time it could be that he knows full well what his budget is and he just doesn't really know how to articulate it without lying outright 
yeah, I, 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 we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, if if that was the case, you would hope he would have been able to cut that off the head because he was asked, "Do you know it?" He could have been like, "Yeah, we we've had that discussion. We've been told." Um, it certainly does feel like a bit of a soapbox moment for Morris to be able to air out his particular grievances, hoping that others will see it, which is kind of how managers are supposed to use press conferences, I suppose. Um, but it, it does, does kind of feel like, could he not have gone to them and said, OK, should we not be putting this in place now? You you must know everything you're going to know about um, next season. Unless, I mean, they probably are, but unless season ticket sales are so bad that they were like, OK, we should probably wait a little bit longer before we commit to anything. Um, but it definitely feels like, and I kind of thought this about a later question about more specific players, that he probably could have sought this conversation out sooner if it was that much of a big deal to him. Yeah, I agree with that. He's not going to tell you, he's not going to tell us what those figures are going to be. So he could have easily said, yeah, it's ongoing and that be that. You know, we don't know if they've increased the budget by 10%, decreased it by 10%, kept it the same. And we won't know until quite a way down the line. But but yeah, it, it does seem odd. Let's move away from recruitment because most of this conversation is about contracts as opposed to incomings. So where are we on contracts? Well, it, it kind of feels like we've had a new optional extension revealed every week when the the question was asked before. But the very good news is that it sounds pretty emphatically like Rashan Hepburn Murphy will be a Swindon player next season. Um, it was revealed... Again, Hepburn Murphy was explicitly asked about at least two weeks ago and the fact that he has an optional extension in his contract for another year was not brought up by Jody Morris. But this <laughs> week, we've because I was I think we were all up or anything under the assumption that, that that didn't exist in his contract, but um because it'd been mentioned about McKecker and it'd been mentioned about Tom Brewitt. But we have now learned that that uh, Hepburn Murphy does have one. Um Morris said that he will absolutely be trying to exercise that in the same with George McEachran. So um, we already knew that Brewitt had the sort of game incentives um, for an optional extension. So it sounds like the three of them will be Swindon players for next season, which is, I think you'd have to say good news all around because they've all uh, endeared themselves pretty well during the back end of the season when not many others were. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We spent the whole of last season thinking Lou Reed was out of contract and he seemed just as surprised as everyone else when, when we found out that he was contracted to this season too. I mean, McEachran's been brilliant when he's come in and Hepburn Murphy, I think they've looked after him quite well, slow build to the, to the end of the season and then hit the ground running for 23, 24, if indeed he's still around. Because we need him to want to be here. I mean, it's all well and good, you know, triggering extensions, but we can, we can do that and then sell them because the player don't want, doesn't want to be around. So it's all about really Hepburn Murphy and whether he wants to stick around in Swindon, which I hope he does. Yeah, absolutely. I think Hepburn Murphy is going to have to go down as another success story of the Swindon Sports Science Department. It was um, brought up by Morris that uh, about the way that they managed to deal with him and bring him back from that injury with where it ended up being about two years where he wasn't able to play football um, properly for an extended period of time and being able to bring him back in. Um, it certainly sounds like Hepburn Murphy does want to be a part of the thing next year because uh, Morris talked about a conversation he'd been having when Hepburn Murphy said he was really looking forward to doing pre-season here, which 
sounds like a guy who wants to be playing football in Swindon for another year. Um, you know, obviously pre-season isn't something he's been able to do for, for quite a while. So it's, it's nice for him to be able to think about that. And, and, you know, hopefully something doesn't happen in the next three games that, that jeopardises that. But he cert- certainly, you know, um, sounded from the impression Morris gave that he is someone who wants to still be at Swindon. I think he's done well, but maybe not so well that you're thinking he's probably beyond us already. I feel like in another season he probably will be, but a, a four goals, three assists is good in the amount of football he's had, but it's not off the charts or anything. Just like to wish Rashan Hepburn Murphy all the best at Charlton Athletic next season. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see him playing in League Two for another team in about a year and a half time, as what seems to happen when players leave Swindon for Charlton Athletic. Not that I'm bitter. Yeah, come back, DJ, please. We'll have you next season. Oh, I thought he was going all the way to the top right. Johnny Williams and Charlie Austin. These were the these were the red hot quotes, weren't they? About, well, the Williams section were the red hot quotes. Yeah, the Austin, which is where I tried to come in, but we didn't get quite as much. But um, the the Johnny Williams stuff is uh, pretty damning in terms of his future. Not a surprise to anyone. Um, you know, I, I tweeted out. No one seemed overly surprised or particularly fussed um, generally which ah football fans we're never fussed are we um, didn't rate him anyway lazy yeah. uh, dives all the time doesn't score enough goals it, it is a weird trait of football fans when we go so tribal we can't acknowledge a player when they leave yeah be, I think so, it certainly will go like that and I can especially see some a couple of people when he comes back being like oh why did we try and keep him it's like a bit like and he's you know his best player we've ever had there's a bit's happened with Rob Hunt I feel like um, in terms of the... whoa, 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 whoa! Rob Hunt's Rob, whoa, Rob Hunt's still in talks with the club, is he not? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see if that deal gets done in the next few weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, the the way that opinion grows when when everyone said when he left, he wasn't wasn't that special. Um, not here, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see with Williams. Obviously, he he said that he spoke with him a lot on that one day in January where Jody Morris was the Swindon manager, presumably about negotiations with Herbarnian. Um <laughs> and they and he said, without going into detail, he needs to make the best decision for him and where he is at in his career, uh, and um, whether there is a, anything to be done there or not. I'm not too sure. Which is about as explicit as a manager will ever be about a player who plays for them, and and where they're where they're he- heading, and that will not be an extension at the county ground. It reminds me of quotes that you used to read in the advertiser in the in the two thousands when players were absolutely definitely leaving, but they wouldn't say it definitively. And it was just like this. He's going to go. He's going to go. It's, he's, he's done his two years <laughs> and, and, off he, and off he trots. When you were talking about that explanation by Morris, I actually felt a, a slight twinge in my groin, just like, ah, I don't think I can make the Stevenage game now. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, um, get well soon, Johnny. Yeah, hopefully we'll get to see him. At least once more. He's obviously a big favourite on the presser because he's such a good talker. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Um, let's go to the Joe Zone now because it is you trying to get more about uh, Austin's future. So here we go. Um, you mentioned that um, Williams has to make that decision. But um, with Austin being the other really senior player out of contract, how confident do you think you are in him staying around for next season? Um I don't know. We need to. There's conversations that need to be had with um, the club, uh, 
Charlie himself. Um, but yeah, as I said, confident is it's not it's not something I'm looking at. We need to we need to see where we're at and what capabilities we have first before we start looking at where where we where we can re-sign, where we can sign, who we're losing, who we're not losing. Um, it's all up in the air at, at the minute. So, like I said, we ain't going to know where we're at until um, things are set set in place that um, guidelines that we need to follow. Um, like I said, it's it's one of those that decisions for next year haven't been made and certain stipulations for what we can do haven't been made yet. So um, we have to wait and see where that goes. But do you get the sense that he wants to play for Swindon again next season? Um, I, I don't see why not, but I, I also I haven't had that, that conversation with Chaz. So um, who knows? Yeah, and then um, on a potential out, um, Hutton now has 12 assists for the season, which is more than anyone in English football and as many as Rafa Guerrero in the European top five leagues. How confident are you of keeping him around past the summer? Because presumably there will be interest. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I haven't, I haven't been told of any interest or any reasons why he wouldn't be here. Um, obviously, that's a, that's a testament to... So Hutz's uh, dedication on his is crossing for sure because that's certainly uh, one area that he works on. Um, I think when you when you practice and you try and improve areas of your game which you know you're strong at, um, it's always nice to get those rewards. And thankfully, the lads have been sticking away some of the some of the decent balls that he's put in. Um, that's that's credit to Hutz. Um, there's still improvements in Hutz's game. Uh, certainly defensively he can, he can improve but you, you've got to be if you're getting those numbers you've got to be extremely pleased and, and he should be proud and I think that there's, there's still room for for more of those um, those numbers to be improved between now and the end of the season as well because um, like certainly his, his, his delivery and his his attacking prowess for but the team is obviously there to see in those type of numbers. I actually still think there's room for improvement on that area with him as well. So, um, yeah, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there are people interested in Hearts. But, yeah, I haven't heard anything or I don't see no reason why he shouldn't be here. That's all from me. Cheers, Jody. Yes, very, very guarded. I, I, I get the feeling that they just don't know at the moment, that they've probably had positive conversations I wonder if Charlie Austin's got a few like I'll stay if you do X Y Z, or he's just waiting to see what's out there. Um, I'm more than sure he could get a League One contract because it's Charlie Austin. So I, I think that one's still up in the air. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty much fifty fifty on Austin. I imagine. He said that they haven't, but you would imagine they've at least sounded out where his interest is. Clem Morphuni probably heavily involved in that um, in that area. And when they're talking about what, and that will be sort of a big, all right, so what's your budget? What are you actually trying to do? Because when he walked through the door in January or in December, I suppose, when I actually spoke to him, um, you know, he was very much, we're going for automatics and that didn't happen even slightly. So I think, from his end, there probably will have to be quite a few promises made from Swindon to, to keep that one in. They've they probably had chats and I, I imagine 
it's it's unlikely his opinion on where he wants to be geographically has changed too much in the last six months. So his preference is probably Swindon, but we're going to have to make it clear to him that we'd, we're going to try and do what he thought we were doing this season. <laughs> yeah, I think up until last weekend, he probably had one eye on QPR's form uh, because they were spiralling uh, towards relegation from the championship. And I do wonder whether him having a sort of rotational place at QPR would have been appealing to him. But then they got that unlikely win against Burnley and now they're looking in a much better situation yeah. than they were before but you know it's, it's all speculation unfortunately for him another one of his ex-clubs uh perennial match fixers and cheaters Burnley uh rotated <laughs> their team enough for QPR to beat them so uh possibly scuppered a, a heroic league one return for Austin back to uh, the Cayenne Prince yeah and I'm not entirely convinced he's bothered about Reading so um, I'm not going to say that's not going to be a concern, but them going down, given that he was rejected by them early in his career, unless he sees that as a as a possible nice way to finish up, who knows? Yeah, not that many people in Reading care about Reading, but uh, Charlie Austin, <laughs> Shane, Shane Long, Andy Carroll, Triumvirus up front in League One would be good fun if they could get that going. Yeah, the uh, the group stage of the Papa John's Trophy of Reading, Oxford and Swindon is going to revive that tournament. Yeah, I've never got to see the rivalry, so I'll be I'll be there with flares and stuff watching it happen. Even <laughs> if it is in the Papa John's. No, it, it's one of those rivalries where they're going to somehow bring 2,500 to the Papa John's to turn up and see that no Swindon fan has turned up. Yeah, it'll be a bit like the um, the Stoke versus Port Vale game, Stoke under-21s, where they went and oh. trashed the toilets and stuff. <laughs> and I think we had a friendly with Reading, and they brought loads and their youth team. Uh, and I think they still even won, didn't they? But, but yeah, um, they are keen to revisit some rivalries, whereas I think time has just passed it by. I mean, we haven't played them for over 20 years. We're not going to play them next season as we get them in the Cups. But, yeah, I think that's a a, a very dormant rivalry. Something's going to really have to uh, revive that one. Yeah, well, someone please be rivals with Reading. They're desperate. <laughs> the one thing we're united with Oxford with, Reading. <laughs> Goodness me, goodness me. Okay, well, as we begin to wrap up, that's the juice. That's the, that's the big stuff. Johnny Williams is almost certainly on his way, and we're not quite sure with Charlie Austin. Um, but where does he stand with the youth players? Because we've seen Anton Dworzak sign a new contract or sign his first pro deal, I should say. No news on anyone else thus far, which isn't entirely surprising, but... You do want your youth system, your under-18s, to to provide more than one or two. Um, but it doesn't sound like Jody Morris knows a, a great deal about Dwarzak either. No, he's, he's still not met Anton Dwarzak, but obviously Jackson Brown was on the bench for the first time against Wimbledon. He seemed because he was, he was specifically mentioned after that Salisbury semi-final. So I think he's, he's probably a player Morris has his eye closest on in the youth academy at the moment. Um, he, he said once again that he, there are high hopes of Dwarzak, but he's never actually seen him play or not. So um, he doesn't really know. We'll, we'll maybe see over the summer um, what ends up happening to him. Personally, he feels like a prime Chippenham candidate for next season. 
I'm yes. not sure we've got too many yeah. others to go there at the moment. Um, Minturn's probably above there. I'm probably is definitely above their level at this point. So, um, yeah, he, he was talking about obviously being able to bring in Jackson Brown onto the bench with Hepburn Murphy dropping out was nice. And he wants to be able to give that chance if someone is deserving of it and you get that opportunity, which they will probably have against Crew and Crawley if someone someone is there. If Dwarsat can get over this this chesty illness he's had for four months, um, which has really seen him out of the pecking order. Maybe we'll get to see that. But um, as as a youth, former youth manager, he's obviously um, quite quite happy to be able to use the younger players, but it, it doesn't seem like everyone anyone's heavily knocking on the door of the first team at the moment, given Dwarzak's um, long-term illness. Lovely. And the final question of the presser was in relation to the project. I feel like he gets asked this most weeks I think that's largely due to this feeling that he doesn't seem super happy when you listen to him and you've listened to almost all of his press conferences there has been a decline but when you think of the form Swindon's been on it's kind of understandable but he has lots that early swagger of the uh, of, of when he first joined up but what do you say about the project? Yeah, I think the, the reality is bleak to have struck him in the face at least a little bit. Um, he was he was stopped very far short of saying he had was overly confident in the project in terms of being able to lure players into Swindon and, and keep them around because, as we know, at least one high-profile Welshman will not be a Swindon player next season. So um, he, he said we're, he's, because we're in April, you can't really sign anyone yet. And... All the all the things that haven't clicked into place yet. Uh, it's very tough to be in in a place where you feel confident because you just don't know what's going to happen, um, and and nothing is even close to being confirmed with anyone who isn't already contracted for the next season by the sounds of it. So um, he certainly isn't flooded with confidence that everything will be fine over the summer and things are just going to go like clockwork in that way he he definitely feels he said he was optimistic that things will get done they'll be able to do what what he has said repeatedly needs to be done but um obviously those conversations are happening this week to to fully um map out that road to to where that to where that happens as smoothly as it can do but yeah he certainly said that you can't have loads of confidence in next season yet because we haven't done any of the steps that would bring us there yeah, it's a big few months, isn't it, for Jody Morris's career? Yeah, I mean, in terms of, he in many ways took a bit of a risk starting as low as he did in League Two. Um, so he kind of needs to get this summer right because the first part of the season has gone pretty badly. So there's almost no credit in the bank in terms of the what the ramifications of that nine-match winless run. So if Swindon don't start next season particularly well, uh, the knives will probably be out rather quickly for him. So, you know, if he he kind of has to get all of this right, and he probably is understandably nervous about that because if Swindon doesn't go very well, where does he go next? He is unlikely to get another League Two job if if Swindon hasn't doesn't work out for him. So this summer has got to go really well for him to get almost as much as what he wants as possible to put Swindon in a good place so that so for from Swindon's perspective things go well and also from his career's perspective um 
<laughs> things can move forwards for once. Mm, well, here is firmly hoping it goes very, very well indeed for Jody Morris and Swindon Town. Let's finish this episode with predictions. Joe, I'll let you go first. You were closest with uh, 2-0 <laughs> against Wimbledon uh, in terms of the fact that you knew it, it would be more comfortable um, than, than I. But what are you going for for Stevenage? Yeah, I mean, thanks to you for, for taking what I wanted for the Wimbledon game because <laughs> I would have been, I would have been less optimistic than, than I ended up being. Um, see, I quite like your shadows when and taking points. I feel like you know, Stevenage should be so up for this one and so ready and Swindon are playing for pride more than anything else. Um, I'm going to say a 1-1 draw. I think I think you're right. If this Swindon, Stevenage might sort of bottle this a little bit, although it would still put them in a reasonable position. I, I, I'm dreaming of end-of-season chaos. I've said to you, I, I, I love April usually, um, and if we're not involved in the fight ourselves, I want to, I want to be a part of it. So, Joe, I'm going for Swindon Town 3, Stevenage 3. Oof. Wouldn't that be enjoyable? I mean, not so much for me, having to rise up. If that can be done early, I'd, I'd take that 100%. Uh, I don't think it will. I think it'll be one side will be like very much ahead. Maybe Swindon will, will sort of be 3-1 up at one stage, and Stevenage fans are desperate for that win, and they might get a late, sorry, Joe, a late, late equaliser. Or it might be the other way around. Stevenage uh, in a party mode and then, oh boy, here comes Charlie Austin at the end or, or something like that. I'm, I'm dreaming. I'm, I'm more than certain it's probably going to be likely to be 1-1, 2-1, but 3-3, please. I mean, I'd love a good bit of an end-of-season ding-dong like that. Um, it, it feels unlikely, but maybe given everything that's happened to Swindon um, and, the, and the way games have gone for them, that if we actually do have a roaring comeback like that later <laughs> on, then maybe it'll be a, a bit of vindication for us all. So, so why not? Let's see it happen. Please. And, and you know, if, if, if we can turn that into a 4-3 win, all for it, please. Well, almost there, Joe. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hello, bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.